and welcome into Poke the Bear episode 46. Connor, who's a good 46? Hmm. It's not ringing any bells, Evan. 46. Uh, who's a good 46? Oh, that'd be David Krejci. Oh. David Krejci. The David Krejci episode. Are we short? Wait, are we short? Uh, yeah, might be, yeah, four, no, might no. be forty-eight. Might be forty-eight. You know, the the, the one little part of the six. Might, maybe that's we'll, an eight. We'll, we'll go on. We'll go. We'll go on hockey reference afterwards. We, we'll we, check we'll, after. we'll go back and edit this out. Right, it's fine. Well, yeah, oh, we'll edit it right. We don't out. look we'll like a bunch of dumbass. No, not at all. Anyways, I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. Connor, how we doing? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Good. I, I'm hoping that you know there's some first time listeners maybe never heard of us before. And they, they're sitting in their, you know, car, they're cooking dinner, or they're doing something while listening. And they're like, these kids don't know that David Craig is number 46? What the Just hell? Quick. I'd Get be on. honored if, I'd be honored if people were making dinner and listening to our sweet voices as we argue about the Bruins. That's, that's, yes. that's the ultimate honor. That is, no, that is. I always, I always like to hear what, what people are doing when they listen to us, you know, like, it, what are you doing? Uh, so if you were cooking dinner, you know, making chicken, stuff like that, as you listen to us, That'd be the, I think that's, that's better than a, that's better than a hall of fame vote. You know, that's better than yeah, getting into the hall of, of fame. That's yeah. yeah, that's the hall of podcasting fame right there. Um, but anyways, uh, crazy times for the Bruins. This is obviously pre game three Bruins are tied with the Islanders one, one in this series, the second round series, uh, obviously the heartbreaker in game two, uh, the fun, crazy night at the garden on Saturday for game one. The Bruins do not have as, but I will say as crazy as things are with the Bruins, it's nowhere near as crazy as what's going on next door at the Celtics. That has been, uh, that was the news of the day on Wednesday with, with all that going on. So maybe Bruins fans can take a little solace in knowing that things are a little more stable in the, in the, in the upper management of TD Garden with the, with the Bruins. Yeah, no, I, I thought I was going to be the, the guy stealing all the headlines today when I announced that Craig Smith was back on the lineup, but uh, apparently not. Apparently the Celtics had to steal uh, everyone's thunder. So happens every time, right? You think the Bruins get the spotlight now, but no, uh, yeah, I think uh, Bruins are in a little bit more of a, a stable spot than the Celtics these days, even though I think everyone's well aware that the Celtics, uh, the Bruins rather only have so many more kicks at the can with this core. At least you know what to expect, at least for the next few seasons. For the Celtics, eh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's going to be it's a. We'll see what happens when it happens. It's a TBD to be determined. Speaking of big news, I have some big news of my own. Right before we started recording, I changed my Twitter handle. I have never, I have never done what? that. I changed it. It it was E Marinovsky before, and it was a lowercase e. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time for a change. So drum roll, crazy new Twitter handle at Evan Marinovsky. <laughs> that That's it. riveting. I was, I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was going to be like Moronovsky or something like Moronofsky. that or, or not, but. <laughs> Crazy news, crazy. Well, that's, but I, that's that's why I can't change mine because if I do, it's gonna erase the blue check mark, and you can't, you can't. Well, see, do I don't that. have a blue check mark. I don't have that's a blue true. check mark, so I can yeah because yeah. you you can apply, you can apply now, and I don't mm-hmm. know where to apply. So I, I I think they it it shows up in your settings, right? That's where it shows up. I think you just tweet at Jack Dorsey. Be like, listen, man, I, I've gone viral a couple of times, so <laughs> he's probably a big big, big, big big Bruins fan, so. <laughs> Big meme fan, big Bruins fan. Yeah. But yeah, so I figured before if you know, if and when I do get verified, which is hopefully sometime in the near future, I would have the 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 uh the handle that I would want. E Marinovsky was one I made when I was in like high school. And I don't know why I didn't just choose Evan Marinovsky because 
this is going to sound crazy. There's no other Evan Marinovskis out there. So it's true. The handle was available. It wasn't hard. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like Connor Ryan, the name Connor Ryan. There's probably a few yeah, other me, Connor me Ryan fighting with all of the Republic of Ireland to, to get that <laughs> handle. So I think there is a, there's a, there, there's one Connor Ryan with one N who I think is like a reporter in Ireland. And apparently this man's an investigative reporter and he wrote this like big, piece on like corruption in greyhound racing in ireland and so like one day i got like a dm from this man whose name was like padrig o'flanagan and he was like go fuck yourself <laughs> except it was with a brogue and i was like i don't know what i did to, to piss off this this irish gentleman and it turns out he thought i was the man and apparently the man had a pretty a lucrative, a lucrative uh greyhound racing business that was in shambles because of one Irish Connor Ryan. So, uh, long story short, I cannot find, uh, just Connor Ryan because I'm, I'm far down the list in terms of other Irish journalists, apparently. And you can't go, you're now, you're banned from Ireland. You can't go to Ireland because of all that. That's true. Stuff. Well, I can't go to uh, a great, I, I can't go to a Greyhound race. I don't know why I would be at one anyway, but especially not now because that guy might find me. I eventually corrected the man and he was like, Oh, sorry, mate. And then he wrote like, fuck that guy though. <laughs> so like he wanted to get one last shot in, which I understand. I mean, I was very passionate about greyhound racing. I think it's, I don't believe it's a, a very good profession. Uh, it's not great for the dogs. So no. uh, maybe uh, Irish Connor Ryan was was in the right there. But this man, this gentleman from I think Dublin, uh, was not very thrilled thrilled about it. Sorry, mate. Uh, the other one is Scott yeah. McLaughlin. Scott McLaughlin yes. has the same name as a race car driver. Yes. So that he gets tweeted at all the time as a race car driver. So I always find that funny. Like if my name was something, like if there were Marinovskis in Russia. And I was mm-hmm. getting tweeted at from Russians, like, you know, like, fuck you, like that stuff. I think it'd be that hilarious. Was, that was a beautiful, that was beautiful like, Russian accent. You know that was right that, on. That was better than like Sean Connery in Red October, though. So you're already, <laughs> you're already a leg up over, over acting legend Sean Connery. I could act, of course. Yeah, um, of course. So back to real Bruins stuff, back to actual real news. Uh, I was not stealing any headlines with the handle change. Uh, I don't think anybody will even notice. Um, Tuka Rask, his health, uh, you wrote, is going to be kind of this ongoing storyline throughout the playoffs. I agree. I think, and we both said this leading up to the postseason, was this is going to be a thing that the Bruins are going to have to worry about, is Rask with his health. He said numerous times down the stretch that he wasn't really healthy, that you know he alluded many times to like he wasn't as comfortable as it'd like to be. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said on Tuesday morning that he has, he's dealing with nagging injuries. Wednesday, though, says he is good to go for game three. How is this going to manifest itself? Yeah, I think it's just going to be one of those things that's going to be in the back of your head. And I, I think when people wrote about this, there's probably people who are like, all right, you're making a story out of nothing. He's going to be playing. And I don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's just the fact that the Bruins have been, and Rask himself have been very transparent about this. I mean, Rask has said multiple times that, you know, he's still feeling it, still doesn't feel great, good enough to play. But I think if you're a Bruins fan in terms of mapping out both this series and going forward, it just has to be something that you have to be cognizant about and be in the back of your, your head. I mean, you look at how Rask played in that third period in overtime. He was great. And like that, that game probably wouldn't have gone to overtime without him, but you also had, I think it was on the, the, the Matt Barzal breakaway that went wide. He kind of cut to his right there a little bit and was kind of slow to get up. So I know a few uh, reporters noticed it, uh, definitely took note of it, but um I think it's just something that you have to keep tabs on going forward. And it's a tricky, it's a tricky injury one that he had where, you know, all it takes is one, you know, bad lunge or a quick movement, moving laterally to tweak something. And all of a sudden you're back at square one. So, uh, you know, it's not, 
we're not hitting DEFCON 5 yet, right? We're not, you know, thinking that, you know, he's he's washed or he's going to be ineffective. I mean, he's still, even in these the, the, the losses they've had, you know, he has not been the main issue at all, right? He's not, and it's also, it's not a situation where, you know, he's like a, he's getting beat clean on shots he should be saving, you know, again, a lot of deflections, uh, a lot of tough breaks there. It's not like we're seeing like a, a thing where he's uncharacteris- uncharacteristically, you know, slow with his glove hand or not, uh, you know, tracking pucks well. It's, but it's just something that you, the peace of mind of knowing that, you know, you have a goaltender who's a hundred percent, clearly not the case. Right. And it's something that I think they're obviously going to have to manage for however long this cup run goes. And it's, I think just has to be that fear in the back of your head that, you know, all it takes is one, one bad move and all of a sudden something flares up and, you know, it's going to be Jeremy Swayman in net, which granted, there's probably some people who are excited about that or, you know, the Bruins are in a better spot than most in terms of having a young goalie who was fantastic in the regular season. But again, as we say most times, you'd rather have Tuka Rask in there. You'd rather have your number one goalie healthy and ready to go. That's the thing. And also like you need Rask, you, you need Rask. If you're going to make a cup run, you need Tuka Rask and you need him healthy. And right now, obviously he isn't fully healthy. And again, it's kind of, you know, he's hanging by a string in a sense. Like you, you worry that, you know, as you said, tweak something goes across the net funny dives for something and, and hurts himself and then needs to be taken out and put and, and have Swayman go in. Um, and that would also be a tough spot for Swayman, who's a, a rookie, who's a kid, who's going in mid-playoff game without any real warm-ups in a while. You know, let's say it's like the second period of a game and he's got to go in and just immediately start playing. That's not easy. Now, I expect Swayman to do fine, but that's not exactly an easy thing for a, uh, for a kid to do in his first season. So I think that's something you do have to worry about. And that's why, like, to people who are saying, like, well, he's playing, it's not a story. No, it is a story because this is going to continue. This is not ending anytime soon. It's not like Rask is going to magically get better. It's only probably going to get worse because he's playing more and more and more. Um, and he's really just kind of holding on uh, as the playoffs go along. And as we'll get to later, you're really going to need Rask in your next series if you get if and when you get past the Islanders. And we'll kind of get to that a little bit later. Uh, but, yeah, you, you need Rask. You absolutely need Rask. And he's a better option than Swayman. And I'm sorry to say that to some people, but it's true. It's completely true. And, you know, I remember DJ Bean saying, you know, like, if you want Swayman in there, you have to first acknowledge that uh, Rask has, you want Swayman to go on a run that Rask has gone on twice now, (laughs) like being the best goalie in the playoffs. And, you know, you hear a lot of sports radio kind of saying, oh, you know, Rask, you know, he's unreliable and, you know, you know, he's going to choke in the big moments. And it's like, you know, we, this is a whole different topic, but you know, that the choking of 2019 was not Rask. Like that was never Rask's fault in that Stanley Cup final. Like, how about you look at the first line or how about you look at game seven and how bad the offense performed, like little things like that. But that's a whole different topic. And uh, we can get into that in the off season when we're talking about Rask uh, and his free agency, which would be very fun. Talk about the, 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 the tweets we'll get with that, which should yep. be, uh, which should be perfect. Um, but Rask's injury and his status is not exactly a safe bet, but what is a safe bet, but what is a very safe bet is bet online. Absolutely. Evan, listen up guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. Red Sox are playing the Celtics. Uh, yep. Uh, and playoff hockey is back and the garden is, is finally rocking. And even if you haven't made it back to Fenway or Causeway street just yet, you can still be in on the action at bet online. 
No matter how the schedules change or the play is at play, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline and enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. I don't think you can beat that. You can't beat that. I don't think you can beat it. Per source, can't beat it. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Go there now. Go there now. Okay, so some good news in the Bruins uh, atmosphere. Craig Smith, probably back for game three, was skating with Hall and Krejci at practice on Wednesday. All signs point to him coming back. I mean, I know Cassidy said it's depending on how he feels, but it looks like Craig Smith is back. And again, you need Craig Smith in that top six. That top six is very incomplete without any of the guys. But Craig Smith, you know, you you saw it in game two because you – DeBrusque was up there. You were real. The Bruins were really missing Craig Smith in game two. Yeah, I mean, I think if the the easiest way to get through this series against the Islanders, which I mean, they were as advertised in, in game two, where I mean, they're still. It's not like this is a tomato can team, right? They they're still tough to play against. They still make it tough to get through the neutral zone. They can still, on the forecheck, really. Uh, you create havoc, especially for your defensemen. So I think the best way to kind of tilt the scales firmly in your favor is just to wallop them with your top six. And uh, Bergeron line eventually broke through uh, in the third period of that, of that game too. But the easiest way to put that group over the top is also getting that offensive contributions from the, the crazy line. And um, it, it's not to say that I don't think like Jake DeBrusque was like bad in game two. There are people who are like, well, you know, you got to keep Coleman in there for, for going forward. Cause he had, he had the secondary assist, I believe on the, on the coil goal, but you know, it wasn't like Jake DeBrusque was like not doing anything out there uh, in game two. I mean, I think just the issue is how he fits on that line, how he plays with those guys. Cause there's a few times where, you know, there was an odd man rush or breaking, you know, crossing the offensive blue line and DeBrusque had a good look or he had, you know, uh, Hall with him. And unfortunately he's on his backhand so that he's not able to hit the guy cleanly. And, you know, a few of the passes were broken up. Maybe putting a guy like Craig Smith in there lets you cash in on more of those chances. And you're allowed to put DeBrusque back on the third line where he should have easier matchups and hopefully get more of that, uh, you know, additional scoring for those units. So, I think as much as Craig Smith isn't, you know, the, the, the key cog on that second line to what makes them run, he still plays a huge role in, you know, finding soft areas of the ice, winning pucks, uh, you know, active on the four check. He's kind of the, the guy that sets in motion a lot of their promising scoring chances, even if what he gets out of it is uh, maybe a secondary assist at most, you know, he still plays a key role in that group. So getting him back there healthy um, and back in the lineup is going to be key for them because, I think, you know, we, we both said Bruins in six, and I think they can still win this series if you're just still relying on the Bergeron line if they're playing so well. But the easiest way to get through this without it being a, a war of attrition is just if both those lines are operating at a high level because Islanders are a good team, great defensive team, great structure, but I don't think few teams have, this, have the, the personnel to slow down both those lines over the span of a seven-game series. Yeah, but Connor, Jake DeBrus didn't appear on the box score. They didn't have an impact on the game. Um, 
but I, but I agree with you. I think ultimately, uh, you absolutely, uh, DeBrusque on that third line makes the most sense. For a while, that's been said by a lot of people. If you're going to be a Stanley Cup contending team, you need DeBrusque on the third line, not the second line. It was interesting, though, when it practiced on uh, Wednesday, they didn't have DeBrusque on any of the lines, right? He Coleman skated with Coyle and Richie, and then Smith skated with Hall and Krejci. Where was DeBrusque? I was not at practice on Wednesday. Where was DeBrusque? He was like he was slotting more or less in every once in a while with that with the third line on. It was like five on five drills, so he would he would pop in every once in a while with with Coyle and, and Richie, but not the lion's share of the the minutes. So I think for a lot of us going into it, we're like, all right, is DeBrusque the odd man out? Which again, Kuhlman finishes the game with an assist. I don't know if you put that as the ulter, ultimate measuring stick, but I just think if you look at maximizing the value of that third line. Uh, I think the offensive, you know, ceiling is obviously much greater when you have DeBrusque in there, even if he's on playing a right wing than, than Kuhlman in that spot. Totally agree. And I also, the other interesting thing is, and I think this is something we'll get to in the off season is the future of the Bruins uh, and Jake DeBrusque. I think that's a big topic that we're going to be, there's a lot of big topics actually for this off season. This off season is going to be very interesting with a lot of big topics. Uh, one of which will be the future of DeBrusque. Where, where, where does he fit in? Where do you go from here? Especially if they resign Hall. But that's all the stuff that we'll kind of get to at a later date. Um, speaking of the near future, uh, it has been confirmed that the Bruins will play the winner of Tampa and Carolina in the next series. Or not the Bruins, the Bruins or the Islanders. It's one yes. one. It's a one one series. I'm not. We're not. Bruins six hasn't happened quite yet. But uh, we both obviously think the Bruins will win. So if they do win this series, uh, they will play either the Hurricanes or the Lightning in the next series, in sort of the final four. Uh, and I love how. It's still going to be, it probably, it still could be like a West Coast versus, like Western Conference yeah. versus Eastern Conference type thing. Um, but obviously a much tougher matchup if you play Tampa, because Tampa's up 2-0. They've, it's going back to Tampa in that series. That series feels like it's going to be, the Lightning are going to win that series. Um, and they have the personnel. And they beat you t- two out of the past three years. Probably would have beat you in 2019 as well. You just got lucky and didn't have to play them. Uh, is there any chance, and this is something we'll obviously go way more in depth on, when it happens, but is there any chance, any chance that the Bruins can get past Tampa this year? Yeah, I think they're better equipped than in years past. And obviously we're looking ahead at it a little bit, but I, I think let's, let's be real. I think talking about Tampa Bay is probably more fun than talking about the Islanders. The Islanders are not, not the most riveting, very good team, but not the most riveting team to talk about. So let's look ahead a little bit, but um, if they do play the lightning, which looks likely um, if they get to round three, uh, it's, I mean, it's still going to be an awfully uh, tall task for the Bruins. And this is why I think the added reason why the 2019 Cup hurts so much is that you'll never have a, a better road at getting to a cup. Like, if the Bruins win a cup this year, holy hell, like, the road to get there is going to be something because you're probably looking at toppling the Lightning, who defending cup champs, who, through the magic of the salary cap, also brought, pretty much brought the whole team back or most of them back. Um, and then congrats. If you somehow topple that giant, you probably have Colorado waiting for you who look horrifying, just t- terrifying. Like I, I was reading, I think it was, uh, I think maybe it was something athletic where they, where they ran through like the models of how, you know, I think it was maybe just war and how it, how it plays out for these rosters. And I think the, the 2021 ads have the best, like, roster-wide war since I think like the 08 Red Wings, which like I would believe that should scare the hell out of you. (laughs) Yeah, that team. Yeah, just a wagon of a team. But we'll look ahead of that a little bit further down the road. But again, it just goes to show that 
the road to get, you know, once you get out of this East division, it's going to be that much tougher. Um, and for the Bruins, you know, it's, I think the one area where they've definitely solved things a little bit uh, is, you know, the secondary scoring and, and the five and five scoring, which as much as I think people are concerned about with the, the lightning, their firepower and guys like Kucherov being back and Stamkos and point and all, all the guys, all the, all the usual suspects are back. And that's going to be a tall task for Rask and that defense to contain them. I think you look at where a lot of the Bruins struggles were against them, especially last year in the bubble was five and five scoring, especially outside of that Bergeron line, it really dried up. And the, the Lightning have a one, they've got a fantastic goalie, which is the most important thing, but also they've got a huge defense where everyone, I think the average height is like six, three, right. Even like their, <laughs> yeah. even their skill puck mover guys like Sergachev, I think is six, three. So they still got a bunch of big bodies out there. Um, so that's where I think you need that second line of Krejci, uh, Hall and Smith to really, uh, play at a high level because that again you can do what you can to slow down the Bergeron line but if if the uh, Krejci line's also landing punches it's a tall task so um yeah the Bruins I think are better equipped than in years past to beat the Lightning but it's still gonna be a tough task I mean you look at the way Carolina has has played the the Lightning and I think people are always worried about two fast-paced teams like that that it's gonna be you know five four these games like that like Tampa the first two games shows you how how you win in the postseason is I think they're limited to 15 shots on goal in game two still one made the chances count we're opportunistic timely scoring great defense that's what has been fantastic in the postseason so I mean their team that's built to to win in the postseason so uh it's going to be a tall task you know I, I think uh we're not going to have Bruins in five predictions as we we've had or Bruins in six as they've had before um, but yeah, the, the road ahead after this series, especially is going to get that much tougher, which means one, you need Rask healthy, or at least playing at a level where he's not hampered by this injury. Cause if we thought the, the last couple of runs were going to be tough, I mean, he's going to have to play at another level to keep Kucherov and Stamkos and Nathan McKinnon and oh. Kill McCarr. Oh. It's, it's a hell of a car that they have up against them if they want to get to the win a Stanley Cup again this year. I'm telling you, if the NHL got the Lightning and the Avs in the Stanley Cup, what a matchup that would be. Like, what yeah. a, just a great, that would probably be the best possible playoff series mm. you could put together, just off watchability. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting is, uh, I don't know what my pick would be for that series. I'd have to do some more research than just, like, talking out of my ass. But one issue the Bruins had last year against Lightning was they couldn't get inside. They could never get to the inside of the Lightning. Couldn't get to the high danger areas. Now you have Holland Smith in your top six now. So maybe that helps. Maybe that does give you a boost uh, that that you didn't have before. Now, you know, how does your D go up against the big lightning forwards? How does Grizzlick and McAvoy hold up? How does Riley and Carlo hold up? Um, what about Lozon? What about Clifton? How do those guys hold up uh, against uh, the lightning? That's maybe a bigger question. That's actually probably because that's one area where you didn't make an obvious upgrade, you know, is Riley and a older, more mature Grizzlick better than Krug and an older Chara. So that stuff is all going to be talked about at some point, but it is pretty clear that after this Islanders series, the Bruins would have a very, very hard road to the cup. And it would make it all the better if they did win. Like if you win that, if you can find a way to beat the lightning in the abs, that's the most impressive thing this core has ever done by far, like it's not even close. So um, that'll be interesting to see when it happens. I'm 
just me personally, Lightning always scare me. They're a good team. They're stacked. They always play, seem to play well. Uh, I guess maybe you hire John Tortorella. Maybe you hire Tortorella for that for that series too, uh, and you, you know you bring back uh, Bob John Tortorella. And... John Tortorella will be the fan banner captain for for <laughs> for Game Three <laughs> in Boston. Imagine yes. that. Get get inside the the lightning head a little bit, you know. Announce uh, Torts to Boston as like a co head coach with Cassie. Imagine Cassie working with Tortorella. Talk about two people who are extremely different. Very yes. both very, both pretty open with the media for very different reasons and very, very different yeah ways. very uh, different wavelengths of that interpretation for sure. Definitely a good cop, bad cop situation if it was uh, Torts and, and Butch. But uh, so that is that. That's all there is in, in, in the land of the Bruins. Uh, before we go, Connor, is there anything uh, that the people can look forward to over at BSJ? Yeah, for uh, the rest of this week, we'll obviously be breaking down games three and four at Nassau Coliseum. See how the Bruins fare uh, and uh, what's going to be a, probably a very, very loud bond for those two games. So we'll have all the breakdowns, uh, previews over at BSJ. So subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Still not changed. Still not changed. Go do all that. For CLNS Speed, I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest every day. <laughs>